0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The city's tweaked, I'll call it tweaked, recycling slash green bin program. Hamilton uh, recently announcing uh, changes. Uh, Do you know what the rules are? And I guess more importantly, are you following the new rules? These changes came to an effect uh, back on April the 1st. So that's, what, 50 days ago or so? Uh, And they include uh, leaf and yard waste. That's no longer acceptable in your green bin. Uh, Some changes surrounding plastic coffee cup lids, styrofoam, dark plastics, they all now go into the garbage. And, you know, I was taking my trash out last week and, uh, again, having to remind myself, no, 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 that can't go in the blue box. That's got to go somewhere else now, Uh, namely the garbage. Catherine McCausland is the manager of Recycling and Waste Disposal for the City of Hamilton and joins us now here on The Bill Kelly Show. Catherine, good morning.
1: Good morning, Bill. How are you this morning?
0: It's it's Rick in for Bill, but that's okay. I'll take that compliment any day of the week.
1: Sorry, Rick. <laughs> that's I okay. apologize for that. So, it is quite so early after a long weekend.
0: <laughs> I understand. So these changes came uh, into effect back on uh, April Fool's Day. Uh, so far, so good? Or are things uh, okay as of right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Residents are definitely complying with the changes, and actually better than we expected. So, in the organics facility, there's very little leaf and yard and grass clippings coming into the facility at the at the moment.
0: So, when you say better than expected, what what were the expectations?
1: Well, the expectations generally with a city as large as Hamilton, you do have a transition period. Um, but in terms of how the residents have responded and the PNE that the uh, business programs group has put out. It's been very effective, and the residents are complying, and we're very happy with uh, with how everything is going so far.
0: So, how close to a hundred percent compliant are we, or how how many green bins have we found with leaf and yard waste in inside?
1: So in the facility, we have approximately 2% of the material coming in as leaf and yard. And we are leaving, I would say, maybe under 2% of the carts at the curb. So that's quite good for uh, for a city this size. Wow.
0: And so back to that expectation, was that like 5% you're expecting, 10%, 20%?
1: What we were expecting is probably 5 to 10% that would be left at the curb. And then we were also expecting more materials into the facility itself. So that's where we're ultimately driving this change is to try and get that material out of the central composting plant. And that, as far as we're concerned, is a huge success. And we thank the residents for complying with the changes.
0: And give us a refresher on why these changes have been made, and in particular with the green bin.
1: So with the green bin, as everyone knows, last summer there were some issues with the facility and with the odors that were created. So what we've done is there's two reasons why we've made this change. One is we're trying to save the capacity of the facility so that it can operate for years to come and handle the growth in Hamilton. The second issue is the grass clippings in particular can be very odorous. So a lot of times if people cut the grass on Saturday and their collection day is not till Friday, that material can be quite smelly when it does get dropped off into the plant. So we're encouraging residents to use their leaf and yard waste collection program or to just mulch that material and leave it on the, on the ground for nutrients for their lawn.
0: We're chatting with uh, Catherine McCausland, Manager of Recycling and Waste Disposal with the City of Hamilton, here on the Bill Kelly Show and 900CHML. Rick in for Bill this week. Uh, regarding the blue boxes, uh, what is the participation rate in terms of people not putting in those black plastics, not putting in the styrofoam? Because for me, I think that's a bigger change. It's easy not to put any leaf and, gar- and yard waste into a green bin, but come that blue box, it's like, oh, what what goes in there again, what does not go in there again?
1: Right, it does evolve, uh, unfortunately. So with a star foam, the black plastic is not as critical if some of those materials do happen to make their way into the blue box. The challenge that we're facing is the cost of actually recovering and recycling those materials, the sustainable end markets. Uh, municipalities are waiting patiently for the end producer responsibility uh, changes to come into effect, which is part of the Circular Economy Act. So we're reluctant to do any financial investments in any infrastructure changes to help us manage these problematic materials because at this point we're not certain uh, how that's going to look when the producers take over and we don't want to invest a lot of money and then all of a sudden we have a stranded asset where we can no longer use that equipment. So we're looking at... uh, at a number of different reasons why we're making changes in the blue box program
0: so you're really in a holding pattern in terms of that next step in terms of uh, those dark plastics and the styrofoams and the like
1: Yeah, essentially that's exactly what's happening and the amount of weight that those materials create it's it's a very small percentage of what is actually being collected at the curb so what we want to do is try and collect the products that have a high value high volume high weight so it's just like running a business ultimately you want to get the biggest bang for your buck in collecting those materials
0: you also mentioned when those items are tossed into the blue box it's not as critical as the leaf and yard waste is that because it's easily detectable and easily movable to another site?
1: So what'll end up happening is it will come out in the residue. so residents should still sort correctly at the curb, because obviously there's a cost when that material does end up in the blue box. We are paying to collect it, to process it, and just to send it to landfill, whereas if they put it in their black bag or their waste stream at the curb, it would go directly to landfill, and then you would avoid all those extra handling costs. So as much as it's, it will end up in the residue in the plant, there's still a cost to that material not being sorted correctly. So residents should continue to work hard to keep that material sorted at the, at the curb. What
0: impacts are all these changes going to have on our landfill?
1: If the, so with the landfill, again, with the materials that we've banned from the blue box, it is going to have a very nominal effect. Uh, it is a small percentage of the weight that is collected at the curbside. The leaf and yard waste, we already have a program. We do outdoor windrow composting at the landfill, so that material is not currently being buried either. So in terms of the longevity of Glambrook, it really will have a nominal effect.
0: And what is the status of the landfill? Are we doing okay? Is the lifespan still healthy?
1: Yep, yeah, the lifespan is healthy. Hamilton is lucky that they do own their own uh, open landfill. So right now, I think we were looking into 2058 in terms of that reaching capacity. But we still have some work to do in terms of opportunities for proper collection at the curb. So we're looking at the waste stream as well and trying to get some of the blue box material and the organic material out of the black stream at the moment. So we'll be working on that through the master plan this year.
0: We're chatting with Catherine McCausland, Manager of Recycling and Waste Disposal here for the uh, city of hamilton on the bill kelly show on 900 chml rick in for bill uh, focusing on hamilton's uh, tweaking of its recycling slash green bin program back on april the first regarding the the green bin do we have any stats on usage in terms of how many green bins were initially uh, unleashed onto the community and how many people use them
1: uh, that information I actually don't have at the top of my head, but I will say that uh, in the facility from the curbside, we are collecting approximately 26,000 tons of food waste from the residents, and that is just the food waste. So when we had the leaf and yard in that program, it was a lot higher uh, than it was. So we're expecting about 26,000 tons total. Wow. For the food waste, yeah. So it's pretty good participation. Uh, There is an opportunity to get a little bit better because we do know that there is organics being lost in the waste stream. So we are going to be tackling uh, some of those challenges in the upcoming years
0: we do know that the hot weather is coming up Uh, at least we think the hot weather is coming up Uh, (laughs) summer has not or at least the spring like weather hasn't uh, really arrived Uh, and there are some tips that people can use uh, when it comes to green bins because they can get rather stinky and smelly i know there's maggot issues obviously wild animals can get at them if they you know try hard enough what are some of the tips that people should be abiding by
1: so what you can do is you can keep your food waste in the fridge if you'd like to keep it cool. You put it in your green bin when you put it out at curb. You can have your bags, you can curl them down to keep the material um, from smelling. You can also use compostable green bags to keep your bin clean and you do want to rinse it out so you're going to wipe it out you can use shredded uh, yard, or, sh- or sorry shredded paper to put at the bottom to soak up some of the moisture in that material and it will break down in the facility so those are all tips that you can use to keep your bin your bin clean and that way it doesn't encourage the maggots to to generate so it is it is interesting um, it is a challenge but we do collect that material on a weekly basis as well so that should help and keeping it out of the garage because obviously the garage keeps it quite warm You don't want to put your bin in the sun if you can. Keep it in the shade.
0: If your green bin is broken, are you out of luck or can you get a new one?
1: Nope. You can call into the customer service center and you can get a ticket and you can take that bin to any of the community recycling centers and they will exchange that bin for you.
0: All right. So there's no excuse. There's no excuse. That's correct. (laughs) Uh, One last question. It revolves around the gold box. So I saw on Facebook one of uh, my friends uh, celebrated the arrival of his gold recycling uh, blue box or gold box. Uh, Tell us about this and how people can get involved in this.
1: So this program is awarded to residents that are stellar sorters at the curb. So they are looking at um, really good sorting practices for their organics, their blue box, and their waste stream. And what we do is we will pick a few resident homes uh, every year, and we will do audits and anticipation of that Um We'll look at how the residents are doing, and if they are within a certain percentage, they will be awarded the gold, blo- the gold Box Recycling Award.
0: And how many have been unleashed in the last, I don't know, year or so?
1: I In the last year, I'm not, I, th- I believe we'd try to do 20 to 30 a year, but I am not 100% certain of that mm-hmm. number. But I, I, I mean, obviously with Hamilton, it is a huge population, so they will target a certain area every year. Yeah.
0: So if you have one, I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal.
1: It's a big deal. It's a big deal. That's I don't have one. for sorting. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, I'm, I'm striving to get one, but I don't have one yet.
1: <laughs> well, Rick, I think you can call in and give us your address, maybe.
0: <laughs> I'll show <laughs> so my neighbors.
1: Not, yeah, if you're not sorting properly, that will also get noted.
0: Well, that's true, too, yeah. But, it, I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's true. a sense of pride, too, right?
1: Absolutely, it is a sense of pride. I mean, everybody wants to look after the environment. They want to do the right thing. And waste is a huge is a huge part of that so it's it is definitely a sense of pride
0: one last question or one last issue uh there's a a proposal to possibly phase out single-use plastics in the city i know it's still uh before council it was approved by uh, i believe it was public works uh not too long ago um what kind of impact would this might have on on recycling efforts
1: Well, ultimately, the single use plastics currently go to the landfill. So pulling that out of the consumer markets, it's just going to extend the life expectancy of that material being buried. It's also going to help with some of the litter. If you look at some of the single use utensils, it's generally the litter that you see on the streets and in the parks so this is all an effort to tackle some of those issues as well as the global issues that we're facing i mean everybody is familiar with all of the press that we're getting on plastics in the oceans and we're not actually um, pulling that material out of the markets properly so these are all things that municipalities are taking very seriously and hamilton is not the first that's going to be trudging down that path
0: definitely we'll see how it plays out Catherine, appreciate the time this morning
1: Thank you very much, Rick, and you have yourself a wonderful day.
0: You too. Catherine McCosland is the Manager of Recycling and Waste Disposal with the City of Hamilton. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.